this is Queen Victoria. Welcome to Murder Lab, the podcast where I don't just discuss one serial killer, I discuss several serial killers and what they have in common. This episode is going to be a little bit different. This episode is called Serial Doubt because I'd like to address the difficulty of knowing what the truth is and the challenge you face, the challenge that I face while researching and presenting information. While I'm researching, I find discrepancies, unreliable sources, and then it makes you wonder, well, who's telling the quote-unquote truth? And that, that is the most important thing, is the word truth. Can we ever know the truth? What is the truth? Truth is such a loaded word. So I don't know if we can ever completely know the truth. Well, then, if I don't know that, then why am I even bothering with this podcast? Why do we bother trying to find details? Why are we bothering? So that's what I'm going to delve into in this episode. Since I was 12, I realized there is so much information out there, and there are so many opinions about that information and what to do with it. It was overwhelming. So it, I know this probably sounds dramatic, but it's almost paralyzing because if you have so many options and a lot of them are conflicting, How do you process that? How do you move forward? How do you function never being sure if what, which detail is right? Which detail you should go, go off of? I struggle with that a lot and I, maybe it's a normal teenage thing. I was eventually able to find some kind of balance with it. I think I've handled it uh, pretty well over the past uh, decades. But since starting this podcast, and honestly, even a little bit before then, it really came back to me again. The sense of unbalance and the overwhelming data. So to get into it a little bit more, what I experience is you're given all of this information and you have quote unquote expert opinions on both sides. Or maybe you just have some dude like me, just somebody talking into a microphone saying whatever the hell they think. But you have all this information that you're given. And a lot of the information even from contrasting viewpoints, makes sense. I mean, some of it's pretty obviously seems ridiculous, right? But if you have conflicting information that sounds reasonable, how do you move forward from that point? It should be refreshing, I guess, to know that, hey, you've got all these options. So if they're both reasonable, then does it matter which thing you choose? If it makes sense that, well, let's say flossing. Apparently flossing now... I saw something where flossing now, it you can't prove that it actually helps anything. So we have good evidence, I guess, that there's flossing's good for you. We've been doing it forever, and we have all these years of data that says it's good for you. Well, now all of a sudden, apparently, there's different data, or we're looking at it with a different understanding, where now maybe it doesn't matter. Well, some people say it matters, and some people say it doesn't. So if I don't, and they're right, then it's okay if I don't floss. And if I floss, is it really going to hurt me? Because they say it's a good idea? I guess, and then you have to weigh, okay, well, do the people that say flossing, that you shouldn't floss, or you don't have to floss, if you do floss, is it going to be detrimental? And then maybe you need to really weigh, well, how much do I believe in the flossing and the flossing sources 
or you know and the counterpoint is well is the evidence that not flossing is bad for you should i trust that so that's the problem is it gets to the point where you feel like no matter what i do does it matter because people people disagree who the hell knows the truth and what if there's some other third option that in another 30 years they're going to decide well flossing was ridiculous i don't know what they were thinking and they'll compare it to putting leeches on your body like they did in the Middle Ages. And they'll I don't know why they would do flossing, those idiots. Now we use them for she seashells. <laughs> so that's the problem, is that you have all these sources out there, and some of them really seem valid, and they make sense, right? Now, okay, that's the first problem. That's the first layer. The second layer is... There is so much I don't know, and there is so much I can't know. I can't know everything about everything, and I can't think of everything all the time, and my mind can't, my mind just doesn't process things the way other people process things. Great example. Todd was trying to explain to me how to save files in Audition, and my brain was not absorbing what he was talking about because from my frame of reference, I was having trouble understanding a different concept but then once I saw what he was talking about once I deleted a file and didn't save it correctly then it sunk in oh that's what he was talking about so now I understand that audition files work a little bit different than excel and you know it's, it's, it's just a different way to bend your mind but it didn't even it didn't enter my mind because you can't think of everything I mean obviously I know there's tons of things on audition that I don't know yet and I probably and I have some idea that yes you can lower and raise the volume by using this little line and moving it up and down I get that but I don't know how to delete pauses in an accurate way where it doesn't ram everything together we're working on it so I understand there is a way to delete pauses automatically when you click certain buttons but there's a lot of stuff that I probably I don't even know that is on audition because I haven't taken the time yet to research and really delve in and, and do the work. My point is, that's just one thing in my life. Think of all the things in your life and you don't know about them. You can't know every single detail about them. You can have a good idea and an educated basis that can help you understand them, but you don't understand everything all the time. You don't know everything all the time. So that is the second layer is I don't even know what to ask. On certain things because I have no idea how they might work like how to fix an engine I I might be able to point out where things make sense that they're connecting possibly but I wouldn't be able to just go out and fix my engine I need to have some kind of mechanical basis and I need the terminology or even not the terminology I just need to have an understanding of what I'm dealing with and I don't have that I might be able to point out a picture of a carburetor but essentially I don't know. So if someone starts talking to me about engine repair or any other detail of the more complex workings of a car, I might not even know what to, I, I, I probably won't even know what to ask them. You know, they could say, you need a new Johnson rod. Stole that from a Seinfeld episode. And it sounds like a goofy thing, but there are lots of goofy sounding things everywhere. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like when you're watching Aqua Teen Hunger Force 
and he gets the estimate on his car, and there's like, you know, you need Superman, and you need the money to fly Superman from his planet, and you know. So obviously, I would know you don't need Superman to fix the car, but sometimes there's weird shit that sounds fake, and it's a real thing. <laughs> so my point is, even if you are um, average intelligence, a little bit above intelligence, there's still going to be stuff that you don't know. You have tons of different information with different ways to interpret that information. You don't know all of the information. You can't know all of the information. You may not have a point of reference on that subject to even begin to ask to learn <laughs> what it is. So now you're at a point, okay, I'll say me, because I am discussing my issue, which I'm sure is a universal one. If I don't know what information to trust, if there is so much that I don't know, how do I move forward with anything? It sounds oversimplified because obviously I am able to get up in the morning, put on clothes, and shower. But then there's even things like, well, they say if you wash your hair too often, it's bad for your hair. But then there's also the idea you need to bathe every day. You need to wash your hair every day because it's gross if you don't. So then you have to weigh, well, do I need to wash my hair every day? Do I need to shower every day? Is it bad to shower every day? Should I use this deodorant because antiperspirant is supposed to be bad for you? But if, if I use regular deodorant, maybe that still has some chemicals in it. The fact that I'm using chemicals at all is bad. So then you need to use natural deodorant. But maybe natural deodorant doesn't help you. And maybe you're avoiding using something that makes your life easier because someone thinks that chemicals are bad. Maybe they're not really that bad for you. So that's what I'm saying is there's simple little details that seem like they should be pretty straightforward that you can kind of get lost down a rabbit hole of. And that leads me to the serial killer information. So as I'm researching, I find three details that support one thing and two details that support another. And then I'm kind of stuck. Unless one of those says, uh, no joke, there's one where later in the article he mentioned the super Jews. He wasn't saying that Jewish people are amazing or that they have superpowers. He was literally talking about a group of people that are Jewish that control things. It's that old fun stereotype. So as soon as I see a quote like that, I'm pretty confident that's not a reliable source. So that, I would disregard that. If there's anything that just seems like it's very obviously questionable. But if it seems like it's a dirty source, then I feel pretty good about it. Except when I come upon parts where um, I'm trying to think of a good example where all of the sources were the same two sources. It's actually Joseph Callinger. This is really what prompted this whole thing is for me to want to record this is because the Joseph Callinger thing is really messed with my head <laughs> because you have basically two main book sources and really only one has been commonly regarded. The main one is The Shoemaker by Flora Shriver. And that's what it seems when I've gone through research and I've looked at different articles, everything seems to pull the information from that source. And what if that source isn't reliable? Then does that mean all of those other sources are unreliable because they didn't look into the one source or they just took in faith that that source was correct? So then it makes me question, well, everything. <laughs> this is why part of me is tempted to be like, oh, well, you know, this article, they probably did all the research that they were supposed to do, especially books. This is why one of the reasons I rely so heavily on books as my main sources is because biographies, usually they do lots of homework. 
They talk to lots of people. They have access to things that I don't possibly have access to, at least not at this point in my life. So they can do the footwork that I don't have the time, energy, or resources to do. So I take on faith that they have that due diligence and that they are processing it in an unbiased way, you know, that they are just collecting, gathering the information and presenting it. It's okay if they even have their own color on it, I guess, a little bit. If they include the data and maybe say, well, that was gross, as long as they include the data, well, I can still take from it, well, you think that's gross, but I don't think that's gross. But if they leave out the data because they think it's gross, but it's an important part of the story, that changes it. So it's... (laughs) There's just so many things. Because then again, it comes to... Well, is this detail important? And I know I've talked about this before is, okay, well, they said it was in the basement and some said it was in the garage. It doesn't really matter. That's the rub is that if you are searching for the absolute every single detail, every speck of truth of how it really happened, then yes, that detail is very important. The problem is I don't know if it's feasible to ever know that for sure on everything. There are some things that you can probably go through and maybe do some more digging and find some kind of definitive source that you just have absolutely 100% knowledge. Okay, so this is the picture that we should, it was not doctored at all. This is the picture that happened in the basement. But the problem with this is especially things that happened before, I would say 1990, when we had more cameras prevalent and um, technology and the media, we might not be able to definitively say these details are correct. So that's why a lot of times I will say, well, one said the basement, one said the garage, but they both agree the woman was strangled and degraded. And that gives us the picture of what is going on in the mind of the serial killer. So that helps understanding or it, that is a bigger picture. So then it doesn't necessarily matter. But then then it comes to, well, let's say if everything was done in basements and caverns and subterranean bunkers, and then you have one thing that happened in an attic or outside, then, then I would want to know, well, is that detail accurate? Because that could affect the MO of the serial killer and their ritual. So if they always do everything under the ground, why would all of a sudden they do something above ground out in the open? Because that is very important when you are trying to profile a serial killer or trying to get some kind of understanding. So that's the difficulty that I run into is if I can only find certain sources, how do I know what to trust? And then sometimes you have so much information that it's over. It just is overwhelming and you don't even know where to begin to dig in. And again, maybe all the sources seem reputable. It can drive a bitch crazy is what I'm trying to say. What it boils down to is then you wonder, you question yourself, if I can never know the absolute truth, if I don't have the time or the resources to find out the absolute truth, why am I bothering? Why should I bother? Now, when it comes to important moral issues and dealing with everyday life, like like work ethics, like if you know your supervisor is doing something that makes you uncomfortable, do you face that problem or do you handle it in different ways? Well, how do you handle the issue? Because I'm sure there's five billion ways that you can handle that issue. And some of them, even if they seem like they're the best idea, maybe they're really hard to do. It's a very difficult thing. So there are obvious things that you have to figure out. Like, should I do my taxes? The answer should be a pretty easy yes. But obviously there are some people who struggle with that. But that's something that you need to decide. Or it will be decided for you. It's like that Rush song. 
If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice from the song Free Will. So sometimes you just, you're going to have to make a decision no matter how hard something is. But there are some things that you choose, whether it has importance in your life or not. So for example, I have to decide every day if I'm going to go up, get up and work. And if I decide not to, I will have to figure out how am I gonna support myself if I don't do that. I have to figure that out every day. But I made the conscious decision, I want to add doing a podcast into my life. So at that point, I have to weigh, how deeply do I want this to affect my life? I have to weigh the impact that it has on my life and how, how far I want to dig into it. It's the same thing as being in a band. So I make, I make a conscious decision. I'm going to be in this band and I'm going to play drums. And then I have to decide how much of this drum playing do I want to do in my life? How much do I want the band to impose upon my life? It all seems pretty simple as you either, you know, if you're interested, of course, you make room for it in your life. But I will tell you that I had an issue before and I still struggle with it, maybe some of you do too, where you feel like you always have to be productive. And so then you feel really bound up and guilty when you're afraid you're not being productive enough. So for example, I remember specifically, I was working at Mendelssohn's and I was talking to a fellow worker and I made a comment that I felt guilty playing guitar, spending time playing on my guitar at home. And he was puzzled and he was like, why would it ever be a waste of time for you to be doing something that you enjoy? And it seemed so simple when he said it that way. I almost felt stupid. But the thing is, he was genuinely puzzled. He genuinely did not understand why I would not want to do something that I enjoy. And it really hit home for me that I don't always have to be productive. I don't always have to be, well, and I guess the other thing is, what is productive? So is playing guitar only productive if then I'm in a band that makes money? And even so, would some say that's not really productive until you have a record deal and you're touring? That's productive. And until that point, you're not productive as a musician or as a person until you have reached that level. Is just playing guitar in my living room half-assed knowing seven chords, is that not productive in some capacity? So I really have to question and... I am actually curious to have this discussion with anybody is what you feel is productive to you. Because I think that's the other thing is that's what really blew my mind is that I realized, well, everybody has their own gauge. So while he doesn't understand why I would have a problem with having fun playing guitar and spending time doing that is maybe I have another goal that I am trying to reach and the guitar is actually a distraction from that goal. So in my mind, I should not be playing guitar because it's wasting my time because I should be more productive pursuing my master's degree or feeding the homeless or I don't know. So everybody has to gauge their own comfort levels with what they feel is productive about their own life. And it also taught me being creative is productive. That's how a lot of things happen is because there was an idea that someone created and they pushed forward with that idea and now there's things for us to do that make us productive. So I would say that now I don't have the guilt of it's okay that I took some time to play drums today, or it's okay that I took time to work on the podcast today. It's all about the balance that I have. And sometimes that balance is easier than others. It has been nice in quarantine because I have those pressures lifted off of me. So unfortunately it does suck that our gigs have been canceled for most of the summer. And it's been nice to just have time around the house to work on projects and focus on the podcast. So it's been easier to have that time open up where I can balance things easier. And I don't feel like I'm 
letting something suffer as much. And But it's still daily. It's a question. How far do I need to dig before I'm satisfied with this is close enough to the truth that I'm going to get and that I'm comfortable with getting? Now, that made me incredibly uncomfortable to say that because <laughs> there's a part of me that realizes that sounds like, eh, close enough. Like, I don't know. I got one detail that I checked. Eh. So I don't want it to sound apathetic or lazy. What I'm saying is my personal level of comfort with the podcast is if I have checked, I check quite a few sources. I don't just read two books and that's it or read one book and that's it. I also go online. I check details. You know, as you know, if you've listened, been listening to this podcast, that you know that I will specifically say, okay, this is the information that I know. This is the detail that didn't quite fit in. Or these are the two details that I was given and I'm not sure which one is correct. So I think part of the point of this podcast for me has been not just I'm giving you the information. I'm spoon feeding you the information and that's it. These are the facts. Let's all move forward. It is the research. It is what crazy shit do we find in the research why isn't this matching up and it's the anomalies in and of themselves of well these two sources have are they have the same subject how are they coming up with two different locations for this murder you know is it one person had access to the police files and another person didn't is it that they didn't bother because that was the level of truth they were comfortable with so they were okay with just saying oh i don't know we'll say the basement that's, I don't know, I think I, th I think I heard somebody say that, you know. So personally, my level of comfort is I want to be as close to giving information that has been thoroughly researched. Again, but that's knowing that I don't have access to police files. So I have to have faith that these articles are giving me that correct information. Having said that, there is also an element of let's not be stupid. <laughs> and I, I think... It's one of those things where it's the it's the tabloid mentality. Like, if you're the type that's okay with just seeing a headline, reading a headline, posting it on Facebook and moving forward, or just reading through the article and being like, oh my god, you know, Bat Boy had sex with a werewolf and that's what created the coronavirus. Oh my god, guys. It's right here. It was in the Weekly World News. So see, there's a source. And, and just passing it forward and being okay with that level of quote-unquote knowledge if you are trying to be a well-informed person if you are trying to learn what you can about things and learn about and try to come to some kind of core of the truth as much as you can you can't just have someone say something to you even if they have a source and then you take it completely 100 percent i i'm not saying that you need to completely disregard the whole thing as i don't know until i can prove it but what i would say what I try to do is when I'm reading about a serial killer or pretty much anything is I catalog information and then later if I read something else then maybe they'll say something a little different and then I'll note that difference and then that to me is a cue like okay well that part is a little different maybe that's what I need to dig into is there's obviously something happening with that detail you know and it's not like okay well now I have to totally discredit that first source I read because the second source said this thing a little different. It's, you just have to, it's critical thinking. <laughs> and I'm amazed, I will tell you, I am amazed that at work over the years, I'm amazed at the people who lack critical thinking skills. And I don't know if it's generational. I hate to say that. I think it's a personality thing. I don't know that it's generally generational or it has to do with the school system and learning. I tend to think maybe it's just a personality trait 
is whether you're going to be a strong critical thinker or not. Is if you're, again, it's if you're the type that's okay with reading a line of an article and then forwarding on to everybody without checking it because it seems so sensational it has to be true. I don't, I don't know. If you're the type of person who's okay with that, you obviously are not concerned about critical thinking. You're okay with that level of knowledge and that level moving forward in your life. I'm not necessarily saying that's wrong. I think it's can be irresponsible and it I don't know that it's the best way and I think I wonder if maybe it's it is a more shallow existence but I don't know maybe you maybe it's simpler it's easier to believe in black and white when it's hard as I've stated (laughs) is when you get into the grays and then you have to start weighing things and then some a lot of it does depend on experience so I really think that some people who it seems easier to just pass something on or just to move through life without really digging is because they haven't had the right kind of challenge to get them to have the drive for critical thinking or the need for critical thinking. Like we have a saying in the band, one is none, two is one. Basically what that means is you're not really prepared if you only have one thing, because if that one thing breaks down, then you're stuck. So if you have two of it, then if one breaks down, most likely the second one's not going to break down. If you really have the time and energy and space to have three of it, that's even better. But the point is, the goal of the band is to try to be as prepared as we can for each situation. And we've played hundreds of gigs. We have more of an idea of what we might face. So we can be better equipped and we know what to look for. So we've had the experience to do the critical thinking, you know, and so then we know when a venue says, oh, we have our own sound, we don't just say, okay, we'll just show up. We know to ask, okay, well, what specifically do you have? Do you have speakers? <laughs> you know, do you, what part of the PA do you have? Because that has burned us. We've learned the hard way. So it's experience. So some people may have had some experiences and it didn't bite them enough to want to be more prepared in the future because it does take more energy to be prepared for something. So I think that in some cases it's your level of experience and that also combines with your personality. My personality is I'm very A-type. I like lists. I like, as I said before, I like chronology. So if I know that there's a series of something, I have to start at the beginning of the series. So for example, I have seen X-Files up to, I don't even know what season, years ago. I got to like season four or five. And then it just kind of, I don't know, fell by the wayside. So now I decided decided I would like to start watching it again. So I started back at episode one. We all understand I like to have things in a certain way. I have been known as a control freak. I try really hard not to let that affect my life negatively. I try to use it in ways that will make things around for me and those around me try to make it better and easier. So knowing there are different these diff- different personality types, it's interesting to see the levels of that kind of commitment, I guess, that goes into writing books and writing articles. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it where you read an article and then they say something where it's just they're very obviously over the top and they just want it to be exploitative and pop out at you and grab you and emotions. But there's not really much room in there for accuracy. So <laughs> so that's why I say sometimes when you look at an article, it's pretty obvious that they're just going for emotions and shock value. And I'm not saying that being emotional about something is bad. Like I said before, is I feel that if you present something with some kind of emotion, but you are also presenting the fact, I'm an adult enough that I can decide for myself whether that fact is what you think it is. So I've had moments where I was reading something and they said, well, obviously they don't need to have more than one person in their life because it was it was on calendar. Is they said, oh, well, 
you know, of course, he had seven people in his home. So why would his wife need to have any friends outside of the home? Because they had people in the home that she could talk to. Why would she need anyone outside the family? So to them, they presented the fact that there were a number of people living in the home and he didn't really want his wife to talk to anyone else. So their opinion of that data was that, well, why would she need anyone? Because their personal opinion, their experiences, oh, well, if I have people at home to talk to, why do I need someone outside the house to talk to? Because A, maybe they like their family and that's great for them, but then they don't take into consideration maybe their family's a bunch of assholes. You know, <laughs> maybe a grown ass woman doesn't want her only friends to be her five and six year old children. You know, so there's a lot of things that go into that. Again, I think it's, we need to, whenever we read anything about true crime or anything really is we need to really look at it with open eyes and and not just take everything exactly the way it's presented you need to weigh it and again that's what makes everything so hard is because everyone has different experiences everybody has different ways of interpreting the data based on their experiences based on what based on the mood you know like sometimes there were moments when I had trouble reading about David Parker Ray because I was feeling sensitive and I wasn't maybe feeling good and so reading about somebody chaining a woman up and molesting her really isn't going to be something that I need to be <laughs> paying attention to and maybe I will construe the data a little differently maybe you know or maybe I shouldn't read about this thing right now because I'm in a bad mood so everything that I read I might just be cynical about everything like you know I'm sure you've had the experience where you've watched a movie and you've been like god that movie sucked and then later you realize you know I was in a bad mood so maybe maybe I should give another chance when I'm not in such a bad mood and then maybe I've liked it better because I was in a different mindset where I could accept it more what has helped me maintain balance all these years, and then now that things have become kind of fuzzy and confusing and chaotic again for me, all you can do is move forward with the information you have while being open for more information. So when I've had people at work, you know, where they've said, I, I don't know what to do if, if I place this order for inventory and then it turns out I build it incorrectly, that's going to suck. How do I know? I don't want to place this order and then have this possible negative side effect. And all that I can say is if this is the information that you've been given and no one in the upper levels or who is involved is telling you otherwise, all you can do is use the knowledge you have now. And then later, if they give you other knowledge, then you can change the way you do it in the future. And fortunately, in that circumstance, we can fix the mistake, we can fix the billing. So that's the next level is how deeply will it affect things? If it is, well, I might burn my house down, then maybe we do need to hold off a little bit longer. But if it's just, okay, it's a billing problem, it sucks, it would be easier not to have, it, have this problem. But if we're in a time crunch, let's do this. So it's, there's a lot of weighing involved. But that's all you can really do is, I think the key though is, is you can't just say, well, I don't know, this is what I know now, whatever. And then never be searching for more information. So that's what I try to do when I'm researching is it's, okay, so based on this information that I have now, it seems that this serial killer did these things. Well, then maybe, especially with some of these older ones from like the 70s and 80s and before, is now we have DNA. So now they can go back and say, oh my God, now we have the technology we just found this dude's DNA on this body. So that changed the dynamic of his MO or, you know. So then we can go back and say, just like with the freaking dinosaurs, is I grew up thinking there's a, a brontosaurus and apparently it's actually an apatosaurus because the dude had the wrong head on it or something. 
So all this time growing up, I was like, but it's always been a brontosaurus. And now all of a sudden I'm hearing about an apatosaurus? What's happening? And now it's revealed birds really are related to dinosaurs. And, you know, so they're finding shit about dinosaurs in 2020. I like dinosaurs. I get excited. So I know it's probably a surprise that I would be excited about dinosaurs. But when I happen upon articles about them, I, I enjoy reading them. And it's still, like I said, it blows my mind. That we are re they have to, they're even like trying to reclassify the dinosaurs. But the problem is there's so many greys in different areas. And when I say greys, I don't mean the aliens. There's so many different characteristics and it makes it really hard to really pin them down. And that's the other problem. And I'm almost done. But that's the other thing is that we want to make things. We have a desire and a need to make things black and white. It, it, it's just easier to function when you have solid, unwavering non-gradient ideas or information but sometimes we just have to be okay with it might not just be there's this class of dinosaur and this class of dinosaur that's it it may be messy it may be well this one kind of flows into this one so this one could be in either of these categories so I've gone to a lot of different places in this one uh, I appreciate you for sticking with me if you did I don't blame you for cutting out if you did which if you did you don't even hear me saying this but those of you that stuck with me, you'll know that I'm understanding of those who can't stick with me. Because not everything is for everyone. That's the other thing. Not everybody gives a shit about true crime and serial killers or dinosaurs or playing drums or being in a band. That's not for everyone. And that's something, another thing that it's a balance to get used to is the level that you're okay with that. Like, am I okay with people never being interested in listening to my podcast? Yeah, I'm fine with it because I understand True crime is not for everyone, and playing the drums is not for everyone. Me playing the drums is not for everyone. You know, people have different tastes, and again, I'm not saying that necessarily something's right and something's wrong, but it's all about finding your own balance. That's really fucking hard, especially if you're the type that likes to delve into things and that wants, think, wants to see the grays and, and to try to dig through them and see if, you know, which side they end up leaning on. And it's just, it's ultimately... It's hard to not have that line that you go down, but in a way it's easier because I'm not so rigid and stubborn that it only has to be this way. Because ultimately that's, that's the hard way to live because you're missing out on so much and you're cheating yourself, I think, and you're cheating people around you. Is there so much that you could be open to and so much more you could learn if you realize, well, I don't, maybe it's not just down this path maybe there are other paths that I need to look at and then maybe if you go down the other path you may decide you may decide by going down other paths the path you were on was the right one for you anyway I appreciate you spending time with me going over you know light subjects like the nature of truth if you'd like to talk about this more with me feel free to hit me up you can email me at murderlabmedia at gmail.com you can go to the Facebook page and message me or if you are someone that I know you can give me a call or next time we all happen to be out, we can discuss it. I'm up for discussing the any of the things that I've talked about, but if you're going to be one of the people that have to stay in the middle of the road and won't listen to any other differing thoughts, then don't even bother. Of course, if you're that type of person, I don't think you'd be listening to this podcast anyway. Well, thank you again. I am going to return with the Joseph Callinger and Michael Callinger podcast that I've been promising forever. Also upcoming will be Gordon Stewart Northcott and the Harp Brothers, and Andrus Pandy. So I've been doing all kinds of research during quarantine, so we'll have a bunch more coming at you, and maybe more frequently. We don't know. 
you never know what'll happen. If you'd like more information, you can go to murderlabmedia.com. You can find me on iTunes and Google Play. For the RSS feed, you can go to the aforementioned website. Thank you for entering the lab. Let's not be stupid.